0: I'm Tara Gray, and today in Henrico, I'm speaking with Michael Riley, Executive Director of the Virginia Department of Fire Programs. He was appointed by Governor Ralph Northam in 2018. He has fought for progressive legislation in reducing firefighter line-of-duty deaths, reducing firefighter-related cancers, and educating Virginia's fire service on stress reduction and suicide prevention. Welcome, Michael. I'm very happy to speak with you today.
1: Well, I, I thank you, Tara. I, I can tell you this is uh, exciting for me as well to kind of get the, the message from uh, the governor and from fire programs out to our, our general public.
0: Yes, and I would like to say really quickly thank you for your service as well.
1: Oh, my, my pleasure. I, it's been a, a great career and uh, one that I have loved and uh, continue to love. So thank you so much for that.
0: Of course. The training program information on the website, which is the Virginia Department of Fire Programs under training and development. There is a section that says, so you want to be a firefighter. (laughs) Would you like to share a brief overview about the program? And then if you'd like, we could talk about the volunteers.
1: Absolutely. Uh, So thank you, Tara. Yeah. So uh, my career started uh, when I was a a young teenager. Uh, I actually started as a a volunteer um, and then uh, moved into the career service. I'm a fourth generation public safety uh, family member, and so uh, it was kind of natural for me to do that. So I spent a couple of years as a volunteer, and actually sought to do this as a profession, uh, and did it both up in New York as well as uh, here in the Commonwealth. Um, and and I got to say, uh, you know, over forty years in the fire service, I never really felt like I had to work. It's it's been a profession that has been so rewarding. Um, and so if you want to be a firefighter in the Commonwealth, uh, I can tell you that uh, about seventy percent of our firefighters, we have about sixty thousand firefighters here in the Commonwealth of Virginia, 70% of those firefighting forces are volunteers. uh, And most of our career personnel actually started out as volunteers, although that's not necessarily required. Uh, And so the backbone of the fire service in Virginia, and and quite honestly across the United States, is volunteer based. Um, And if you wanna be a volunteer, uh certainly there's easy ways to do it uh we certainly know that if you're going to volunteer you're going to volunteer in your own community so the people that you're serving and and providing protection for are your your friends and your family and your loved ones and and your neighbors uh and so what better gift uh, than to give back to your neighbors and you know delivering a baby or saving a life uh but it does take a different uh you know character to do that uh you know my mom always wondered about me running into a burning building that other people were running out of uh, but it's really important uh, that volunteerism here in America uh, continues to represent, um, you know, what America was built on. And if you're a volunteer in your community, then you represent, you know, your community. And, and most career departments are really recruiting uh, to represent uh, the protection or the people that they serve uh, in their community. Uh, And so, you know, men and women of all ages, uh, generally, there's no upper age restriction. But uh, generally speaking, if you're a volunteer, you could probably start around 16. Uh, You're not actually allowed to run into burning buildings until you you turn 18 and get all your certifications and training, of which the Virginia Department of Fire programs, uh, we provide all that training and and accreditation uh, for the fire departments, of which there's almost 740 here in the Commonwealth. and. If anyone wants any more specific direction uh, on that, certainly visit our website. It's pretty easy to remember, uh, VA Fire, so Virginia Fire. So certainly when I started my career um, as a volunteer and then got into um, the career service, uh, there are so many different venues, you know, being an EMT, being a paramedic, being uh, a hazardous material specialist, uh, joining the tech rescue team. I was on that team for about 25 years and deployed uh, for the United States and for FEMA all over the world, uh, I was, you know, went to Africa for the embassy bombing, uh, Turkey and Taiwan for earthquakes. Uh, certainly, the bombing at the uh, the Pentagon and uh, the Murrow Building in Oklahoma City. So those are just some of the missions that I was able to participate in. Uh, but really, the big the big issue is you know just protecting and serving the community that you serve. Um, so volunteers have uh, different requirements um, as far as you know have to be physically fit. Um, you have to have a criminal background check. Uh, and then career departments kind of take it up a step uh, more. You have to actually participate in a thing called CPAT, which is a, uh, um, a, a candidate uh, uh, performance ability uh, test. Uh, and it's a series of about eight different types of tests. Uh, you're wearing a, a weighted uh, vest uh, and, and basically operating on a stair climber for several minutes to get yourself warmed up. And then you go through a a series of eight different types of steps, uh, forcible entry, hose dragging, rescue, ladder raising, uh, pulling ceiling. They're all simulated under a timed uh, and weighted uh, event. And certainly you have to pass that test uh, in order to continue. But generally speaking, there's always a background check. There's a polygraph uh, to make sure you're a person of good character, Uh, public safety uh, certainly is held to a higher standard. And, and, and we're seeing that, uh, unfortunately, in today's events that's going on. Uh, so being in that regard uh, of a higher uh, expectation of public service, and you're going into people's homes uh, when they're most vulnerable, we want to have people that are, are very trustworthy, very dedicated, uh, and, and certainly have nothing but the best interest of their patients or the people that they're serving. Um, and so after you do that, uh, you'll have a uh, a written exam. Uh, and then after a written exam, um, there'll probably be several interviews. The polygraph will talk about, you know, your application, if you will, uh, to make sure that everything you're putting in there accurate. accurate uh, And so big of the, some of the bigger uh, disqualifiers, if you will, uh, are um, people who uh, don't drive safely. Certainly if you have a reckless driving or DUI uh, on your record, you're not going to be considered uh, for uh, employment as a firefighter. Uh, if you have any recent drug usage, uh, certainly that will disqualify you. Uh, but if you, you know, experimented in college or high school, that's not necessarily a disqualifier. Right. Uh, but yeah, the challenges are great.
0: That is a great that's a lot of information. That's a great overview. You mentioned your fourth generation. Did you get any advice from your dad or your uh, your grandfather before you volunteered? And if you did what was it? And then would you have any information for uh, if people are listening to this and think, this is great for my nephew. Do you have any (laughs) advice for for candidates looking to maybe begin as a volunteer?
1: Absolutely. So uh, unfortunately, my dad passed away uh, as a police officer uh, when I was 12. But uh, my whole family is uh, law enforcement and, and firefighters. And so I've had my whole life I've been you know, told to go out and volunteer and be part of the solution and not part of the problem. Um, and so certainly uh, as, a, as a volunteer, um, these are skill sets that uh, it's kind of like almost like the military. It's a paramilitary organization. And these skill sets actually help you be successful in life, no matter what career you pick. Uh, you know, you become, you know, uh, studious, you become disciplined, um, right. And you get to see you get to see the worst in, in life. Unfortunately, you know, you see people who are, you know, killed in fires or killed in car crashes. And, and and those are terrible, terrible events. But the rewarding part is you get to deliver babies. You get to rescue people from burning buildings and you make a difference in people's lives. You know, you're holding their hand at their worst possible time in their life. And, and they're looking for you for your support and for getting them out of that situation. And there's no there's no amount of pay that can reward you for that kind of feeling.
0: Right. I agree. That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Michael. I could probably spend another 20 minutes with you. I have. <laughs> so thank you. I, I I would like to say that I appreciate you talking about that. Would you like to, I guess, really quickly, the community outreach? You did mention that before we go. We have,
1: we have I, time for a little bit. So, uh, as you know, 4th of July is coming up, uh, and almost all of the uh, permitted aerial fireworks shows this year have been canceled. I do know the one in Washington, D.C., uh, is going to be bigger and better than most uh, for previous years. Uh, but keep in mind that uh, there are a certain amount of permitted fireworks. Uh, but I will remind people that anything that explodes, emits a spark or projectile 12 feet or greater is considered illegal in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Uh, mm-hmm. And then some jurisdictions uh, do allow. Uh, fireworks that'll go on, but they're called permissible fireworks. But we do ask people uh, that if you want to see fireworks shows, please leave it to the professionals and, and go to a show that uh, that is being done in your area.
0: Great. Thank you so much, Michael, Virginia Department of Fire Programs. I hope you have a great day.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much. You as well. And God bless you.